welcome to Unidentified Wargamer. Each week I interview a wargamer and identify them in the hobby. This week I've got the wonderful and beautiful Pat Carter. How you been, Pat? Good, mate. Good. Beautiful. Beautiful. You know, um, mate. <laughs> I think I think that's the first time another man's actually called me beautiful. <laughs> We've got to compliment men sometimes. Well, you know, look, look, I'm saying I'm not hating it, but I mean, it's just <laughs> different. So, yeah. I have to put some photos for the fans so they can see your lovely face, mate. <laughs> I could give you some photos, actually. I don't think any of them would you could put in public, but I've got a few photos. <laughs> so what have you been up to so far, Pat, in the last sort of few months since we last seen each other? Um, I've been moving a lot. So I've been moving around um, due to like things like COVID and especially the house prices here in Brisbane. It's yep. just nuts. So I've had to shift places because people are selling houses and stuff like that. Um, just in general though work and then if it's not work it's warhammer and then yeah yeah just basic life pretty much yeah nice yeah what are you doing in the warhammer side what are you working on uh at the moment nighthawk okay uh, ghosts so yeah i've been working on them for a while now but like um but i but like i've said i worked on them since the new book uh before the new book came out and then the stuff that i was working on before doesn't translate too well in the new book, so I've now got to work on some other stuff. So, yeah. But it seems to be every Wargamer's dilemma is they pick the stuff they like when the old book is out, and then when the new book comes out, it just trashes all of that, and they got to restart all over again. Yeah, well, that's Games Workshop. And then they like, you know, they got to make some money, so I don't blame them for yeah. it. Um, and at least it gets me, like, a whole collection of models painted, so I'm not too stressed about it. Yeah, fair enough. And so yeah. why would you pick with Nighthawk then? They look cool. Okay. I think they're visually one of the nicer models that Games Workshop has released as far as, um, like, armies go. Like, some of the yeah. armies are, you know, they're okay looking. Uh, I'm not going to say too much about it. <laughs> Stormcast. <laughs> but, um, but as far as other factions go, like, they just, their models are just so really nice. And it's, you know, I'll kind of, I've been taking my time on them to paint them a little bit mm -hmm. better. So then that way I can do the models justice. But, Honestly, it, it went to that, but then usually when I do that, I pick an army that I like the look of. I also like to read the like fluff and stuff of the army as well and go with yep. that. And I just dig the whole fluff of Ninehorn. Yeah. Like, okay. Are you aware that if you aren't afraid of them, they can't hurt you? No, I was not aware of that. Yeah, like the whole thing's based on fear. Okay, I, I knew that they like were scary and they offered things when they scared you, but I didn't know they couldn't hurt you if you don't fear them. Like, apparently, like I was reading a bit in the book that if there's like a shaman with like a talisman on it and he just has like the belief in whatever the talisman is, it doesn't even have to be Sigma, it could be anything, yeah. and he just has belief over that and it, it gets rid of his fear and gives him courage, the Nighthaunt like can't really bite you, if that makes sense. Okay, is this just an orc thing? Because I know, know orcs have superpowers and if they believe something... <laughs> But you would expect it to be orcs or something stupid yeah. like that, but no, it's just in general. Like there's stories of them of the Nighthaunt um, attacking like uh, cities, like uh, uh, Sigma cities, and they might have a little glyph or something that they believe in when it comes to Sigma or something. And the Nighthaunt, like, it's like they're being sucked through a vacuum through the back yeah. end. So like they're trying to attack whatever the hell is not afraid, like or you know just in front of them. But if they're not afraid, it's like a vacuum. It like pulls them away. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. Have you got a little sigil then? Have you poked yourself on any of the Nighthawk models yet? No, I haven't. But I tell you what, I've got plenty of snap bits. Uh, <laughs> it just reminds me of uh, old Necrons in 40k. They just have the worst like joints imaginable, yeah. like contact points that are less than like a mil. So it's like cool. Help, like this is 100% gonna snap if I pick it up or whatever. I mean, I've broken my. I've broken my black coach twice. Oh, okay. I was going to ask how your Guardian of Souls is faring in the wrist joint there. Uh, I've, I've given up on that model when I got the limited edition one because it's it's bulky, so I don't have to worry about it. Yeah. I try and uh, I try and make sure that the miniatures that I have are uh, passion fingers proof. What I, mean, <laughs> what I mean by that is usually I have a serious case of passion fingers. Usually if I touch something or like miniatures, I usually fuck it up. So I try and uh, make sure that my miniatures are at least pat proof. So yep. that doesn't happen. Because <laughs> I know when people put photos up of their Guardian of Souls, you can pretty much zoom in on that one wrist joint and you can see that they're all fucked up. Every <laughs> single one has yep. been broken in that same spot. 
That's, well, mine is broken. At the, like my actual, the old, the new Guardian Souls model, it's it is broken, and I just I gave up. I, I'm, <laughs> nah, I'm not doing it. So, yep. so I, I know you've been a wargamer for many years. Yeah. What got you into playing Warhammer and tabletop war games? Uh, I think pretty much like everybody else, man. A friend of mine did. So I had a friend. This is back in high, uh, not high school, primary school, even like late primary school. I had a friend who had started playing it, and he had bits and pieces. And around from where I lived, there was a store that sold it, and he showed me, and I was like kind of taken aback. But at that stage, I was playing Warhammer Forty Thousand. I wasn't playing Fantasy or Sigma or anything like that. Um, but I started playing um, Space Marines. Uh, as you always do, and obviously, and obviously, I had to play Ultramarines. Uh, yeah. that's pretty <laughs> um, and I think less of you, Pat. Yeah, exactly. Oh, trust <laughs> me, I, I do too. Now, it's like if I could go back and change and do redo my time, I'd definitely uh, change things. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I started playing Ultramarines back then, and then that kind of just led into more stuff until eventually I was playing fantasy. Because I ventured off into that sort of stuff, and then played fantasy for a many number of years, on and off. I was more competitive and more into the side of 40k, and then Sigma came out, and I kind of jumped on the bandwagon because okay. Sigma models look fucking sick. Besides the actual Sigma models, yeah, yeah. So the just, other Space Marines, pretty much, yeah, the Sigmarines, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I jumped. I jumped into um, Sigma and started playing that. So, yeah. And as as you would a hundred percent expect when you look at me, I jumped straight into playing Caradron Overlords. There was no. <laughs> I didn't even. I didn't even take a look at the Sigmarines. I didn't look at any of that stuff. I was just like, I want to play Caradrons, and then that started the whole fucking thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Was it just a new game syndrome, or was it you wanted to jump off what you were currently doing that pulled you into Sigma? Uh 40k was becoming trash. Like, okay. like as a game system, I'll be honest. Even now, I think it's still not good. Um, it's got a lot of problems as a game system, and that plus other community issues at mm-hmm. the time. So I won't go too deep into that because I don't really want to name names or do say anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I I stopped playing 40k, and then at that stage, the funny thing is, is when I did stop playing 40k, um, I used to go to Blake Kerwick's Warhammer store that he used to run yep. um, for Games Workshop there um, back in the day. And I used to just basically rant and rave about 40K in his ear for ages. <laughs> and he used to uh, he used to turn around and go, well, just just play Sigma, Pat, because he was playing Sigma at the time. He's like, just yep. play Sigma. And I was like, nah, not doing it. Nah, don't care. And <laughs> Being just, belligerent, Pat, as you always are. <laughs> as, as casual, yeah. And then just com- completely complaining about the fucking game. Until I went down to another friend of mine, um, Eddie, down in Broadbeach there, yeah. um, his Warhammer store. And he was like, oh, I could run you through a game pad and we could just send. I was like, oh, yeah, all right. And then I, I did that. I bought the battle tome, the KO battle tome. And literally two weeks later, Blake messages me and go, am I a joke to you? <laughs> I tell you for months to go and play the game and you don't want to play the game. And now I, t- now I learn that you're playing the game. And I was like, yeah. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> you went to the other shop as well. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. I even went to that one, and yeah, but no, nah, ev- but yeah. Ever since then, that's kind of what dragged me across. I think Sigma. I like Sigma as a game and everything else mm-hmm. like that. So yeah, I just jumped on board. How did you feel from jumping from forty k, which is a shooting army, to Age of Sigma and playing a shooting army? Uh, it was a pretty easy transition, actually. Uh, <laughs> Look, I'm not going to say too much, but if you if you are in that way or you you you're in the current way, I would recommend it. It'd be the easiest transition to come across to, um, but it was still like a big learning step. Yeah, okay. Just for going like even though both game systems are fairly similar, there's still a different. There's a lot of different things you got to know about and you got to remember. So yeah, yeah, different strategy. Yeah, and do you sort of stick with KO for a while or do you hop around when you started getting into Sigma? Well, when I started getting into Sigma, I did hop around, but I think it was the fight. I think, I, yeah, I was just fire slayers. Yeah, okay. Uh, another, I, another dwarven faction. Another another dwarven faction, exactly. I've got, I've got to represent. <laughs> I 100% have to represent. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I um, got stuck into fire slayers after that, and then it was basically back and forth between KO and fire slayers for, like, three and a half years. Mm-hmm. 
for both. At what point did you become a destruction bro? Uh, I had orcs and goblins. Okay. Um, back in the day. Um, and then when I looked at the Sigma, like gob- like all the new Gloom Spike gits, because at that stage gits had come out and got a new uh, got a new tome and all these new models and stuff. Yeah. I was like, that army looks fucking sick. And I looked at the orcs and I was like, all the Iron Jewel models, and I was like, that also looks fucking sick. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna play both those armies. And then because I just had orcs and goblins back then, I just played them as well. So I was, it was a, yeah. I don't play them as often or as often as I did for the dwarf stuff, but mm-hmm. every once in a while I'd go to an event and I'd take orcs or goblins or whatever. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Yeah. And do you have like a, like, is there one army like in, out of all those that sort of pulls you the most when you go, I'm going to go to a tournament and I just want to grab this army off the shelf and take it? Is it generally based on like book strength, no. um, your likeness of the army or whatever you just enjoy most of them? Well, sometimes. Meta has a, some something to do with it because I am a player as well so but like depending on where the meta sits depends on because all those armies play completely differently like yep. as far as things go i don't really have a lot of armies that sort of double up on playstyle. okay so as a consequence of that it usually gives me a lot of variance to go to an event to play any of those armies um i'm a bit limited more so in like my orcs and goblins to what i can mm-hmm. take because some of that stuff's just not painted um but than I am for the dwarfs or, or like my slayers or whatever, because everything's fucking painted. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, it just, it literally, for me, mostly it depends on meta and kind of depends on what I'm like, what I feel like. So like if I'm like, if I play a video game or whatever, and it's got like orcs and goblins in it, I might take that to an event instead. Just yeah, okay. whatever I'm feeling. So yeah. Yeah. And as you said, like they all play completely different. I know some are like full on, Alpha army, so you've got to make all the aggressive decisions, and some are very reactionary. How would you define your play style in general? Adaptive. You're adaptive, okay. Yeah, um, I've because I've played Warhammer so, for so long, and through so many editions, like there wasn't a particular play style that I was just obsessed with. Um, the I. Like, and because I'm a competitive player too, I just, I'm playing 40k for that long. I've just learned to do, like, play so many different ways and figure out how to play different ways. Because if you know what your opponent can do and what, how their army plays, then you know how to play against that. Um, and yeah, I just, I've been doing that for years and that really hasn't changed a whole lot. I probably have a lot more fun with the highly aggressive armies um, just because. Things like orcs and stuff are just stupid, so it's just fun to go, wow, and then like run in and bash stuff for me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, for the most part, it I'd say adaptive. I I don't really have a particular play style per se, mm-hmm. but yeah. Yeah, okay. Because yeah. it seems like you're able to just bounce around between all the different play styles. Yeah. I've noticed because I'm quite a reactionary sort of bog you down in bodies and go from there so when i picked up the oh, um... oh, trust me i, I realized when i played you at an event i was very well aware <laughs> I was like, you at least you've got at least 120 zombies and it's like yeah and i was like that's a lot of bodies you're like yeah yes. like, oh. <laughs> both the times you've played i've had either goblin horde or soul blood horde yeah exactly um, yeah and in but, one um... of those in one of those games i was extremely hung over like extremely yeah. hung over <laughs> But yeah. Yes, I remember very vividly how you rocked up in that morning. That's for sure. <laughs> Trust. I think everybody did. I don't. Yeah. Well, I also don't think everybody was expecting me to rock up, but there I was. Yeah. 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 So I noticed when I picked up my stone horns, I struggled so hard to try and get my brain to wrap around them working. Yeah. So I'd move them up, and I'm like, "Where's my screens? I can't block out teleports. I can't block out deep strikes. I can't block out anything." And it yep. just like it was niggling out my brain the whole time, but I yep. definitely enjoyed um, sort of pu- pushing myself to play something different. Yeah, um, and I really, I, I thoroughly felt like I learned a lot from it as well. Yeah, playing with four models. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, when one of them's Kragnos and he takes over a quarter of your points. That's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's definitely. A, I would encourage people to play different play styles, and it seems because you've been. A lot of the time you've been at the top tables of a tournament, 
So obviously being able to play lots of different play styles, it obviously leans into a strength of yeah. a competitive gamer. Yeah. Well, that knowledge. Yeah. You yeah. gotta know you gotta know what everything does. Like I'm not as up to date on that stuff as I used to be back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um but generally when it comes to like uh, rules writings for uh for any games workshop game they sort of come in swings and roundabouts so it's like you know if something slightly changes in the book it might it doesn't necessarily change the faction as a whole if that makes yeah. sense um very rarely will games workshop rewrite a, a battle time or an army and then completely change everything about that army um yeah. i think so in the like the last three years the only book that did that was carriage and overlords yeah okay so that was from their first edition book to their now or current book. That was a massive change. That was huge. Um, being able to basically teleport around the board, not giving a fuck, just completely changed how that army played. So, but yeah. for the most part, things just sort of like the play styles of the army stay the same. So, and what sort of point in your gaming career did you decide to start playing tournaments? Uh, very early on. Um, okay. Well, actually, no, that's a lie. I'm not early on. Uh, I'm straight up just lied straight away. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, I can't. No. Um, I wouldn't say early on because I actually, I think I didn't really play at a proper competitive event until like I was at least four years in okay. playing Warhammer. I didn't really, because when I was playing, it wasn't as well set up as it is now. So, like when I, when I first started playing at events, I think I was about 16 or 17. Um, I was one of the younger players at any event. Um, but the, as far as like competitive events go, there was not a lot around because they're just back in those days, Warhammer did had not just Warhammer, but tabletop gaming in general had a bit of a stigma about it because yeah. it was nerd, like less acceptable in society. So it was a nerdy game. So that immediately cuts out like half people being a nerdy game and being something to do with nerds. You don't usually have a lot of women at those kind of <laughs> events or any of that sort of stuff as you like nowadays where there's, you know, a lot more women showing up at events, even playing and painting and all that sort of stuff. You just didn't yeah. have a lot of those types of things in the hobby. So um, for the most part, it just came sort of to availability. So, but yeah, probably about, yeah, four years is roughly when I started attending events. And the mm-hmm. first event I attended, I got rounced properly like <laughs> absolutely fucking molested so uh and i'm a kind of person that if you know if i get beaten that badly i want to like learn more doesn't make yep. me want to quit immediately so yeah but yeah that's yeah about four years is when i started attending events yeah i was gonna ask if you stayed in tournaments then from that sort of result but obviously it seems to have pushed you harder to get into tournaments more heavily yeah pretty much you know i like I I always say that if you if you lose a game, that's not a bad thing as long as you learn something from it. Yeah. If you didn't learn anything from your uh, from a loss, or you blame your dice, or you blame something else, or you could rather than saying, "Oh, if I didn't make that decision, I made this one instead." Um, yeah, it's you, you like you can only blame dice and like your army for so much until you got to start realizing that the guy at the head of it <laughs> probably ain't doing a good job. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'll like, yeah, I'll never really be that kind of person where that happens. So I always try, I just take a loss on the chin and I try and learn from it, make sure I don't make a fuck that yep. same fucking mistake again. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Out of both the games that I played you, I don't think I've ever seen you sort of rage or get salty or tilted. You seem like quite a sort of level headed person. Thank you. Uh, some people <laughs> would disagree with you, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like um, yeah, some people would disagree. Um, but yeah, I, I, it's at the end of the game. At the end of the day, it's still a game. So I mean, you can't get too upset too much about it. But yeah, it it does get frustrating sometimes when you make a stupid fucking mistake and you know you made a mistake and then yeah. you, it just for me personally it just eats at me for like weeks where I'm like, I shouldn't have fucking done that. That was so stupid. Why did I do that? <laughs> Yeah. Weeks, I think you mean months, like six months later, you'll still think of it and they'll just randomly pop in your head. You're like, why did I do that fucking thing? Yeah, yeah. And I was it's... like, why did I, that was so stupid. Why did I do that? Why did I do that? Ah, oh, all right, whatever. Okay, that's cool. Yep. And then you just, yeah, I just try to move on because it just gets, yeah. yeah. The more I think about it, the more I'm like, 
<laughs> fucking idiot. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and so you've taken all your armies that you have at the moment to tournaments and stuff like that and had good results? Uh, not all of my event. Uh, not all of my armies. Um, because of the painting situation. <laughs> uh, it's like my biggest hurdle. It's like, oh, do you, oh, I could take like this nice Goblin Horde army if I wanted to, but I can't because it's not fucking painted. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah. Uh, I haven't taken all of my armies to events. Um, like I've I've recently, like I said, I got Nighthaunt. Um, I took them to an event just recently. That was their first outing um, mm-hmm. outside of the old book. Um, and then I've got Soulblight Gravelords as well, but they haven't seen the table yet because is it because they're, they're unpainted? It could be. Also, could be. I haven't even assembled some of it yet. So it's that. Uh, I mean, once I started, it's like. Because I've been putting conversions through the army, and I've been trying to make it look real nice. And I have a, like mm-hmm. a, I, whenever I build an army, I, I go with like an idea or like a like a fluff kind of thing. And I got one for the for the vampires, but it requires a lot of conversion work, and uh, yep. it, that's just all time. But at the like I said, at the moment, I'm paying night haunt, so that's kind of on the back burner at the moment. And I'll wait about that until later. So, yeah, yeah. that was always my struggle with armies because I quite enjoy painting them and putting a lot of time into them but when yeah. you're converting them it's like nearly double the amount of work so you can get half an army done instead of a whole army in that same time well i convert i've can be, i've been converting two vangorian lords so okay. one using luke of eyes top but then using um the the alliance of slanesh whatever he's called fucking uh the big dude with the demon on on his back I can't remember his name, but I used. I don't the even bo- know what model you're talking about. The, the yeah, he's a. It's got a big brawly dude with an axe, and then he's got a little demon out on the back of him. They're called the Alliance of Slanesh. I can't remember what the actual name of the model. Oh, Celeste, not Seleski. Yeah, Seleski. That's it. Okay. Yeah. yeah, and I've grabbed the bottom half of that model and I've glued it yep. together, and then I've used used the wings, so it just looks like a giant chick. So like okay. a, a massive chicken <laughs> instead of because I just don't like the bottom half of the yep. model. I'm one of those guys. So yes, fair enough. Yeah, and then I used an avatar, the new avatar cane with an actual Vangorian lord to make mm-hmm. another one. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Mine was similar, but I cut mine in half and I used the Varg scare from oh, Cursed yeah. City. Yep. So I plonked the male body on the other half of the Varg scare and then used the head on the the monstrous part. Yeah, okay. So it's more like a vampire lord next to a big mounted thing. Yeah, okay. Oh, look, that'd be sick. That'd be cool. Yeah. yeah. Except it's not seeing the table because I hate them. They're so frustrating. Every time I put them on the table, I think, oh, there's this tinky thing with like minus one rend around it and all yeah. this sort of stuff. And then it just falls over and dies. Yeah, because... Every like, time. Yeah, part of you is just like, oh, that's right. It needs force to hit on its big weapon. Yeah. That's an issue. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, it's just going to survive everything. And then it just cops one hit and falls over and dies. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it just, it's one of those things where the rules don't represent the model when you just like, well, just kill something, kill something. Yeah. 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 It's, it's frustrating. Yeah. Um, what, what sort of style have you lent in for your, for your Soulblight then? And sorry, like army style, not, not more composition of the, the models and stuff well, like that. But... See, the big thing for me is I'm a collector. Okay. I do I do like collecting miniatures in general, not just um, I'm the kind of guy that if I if I have an army, it's not like just a two thousand point army. I will buy probably about eight to ten thousand points of the fucking thing. I will make sure that I have multiple selections of units to take a part of because like I said, I play competitively and I don't like not having options. So yes. like at the moment I've got a hundred and 20 zombies like a house, 100 plus skeletons I've got, for some reason i have 20 black knights i don't know why that happened but i've got 20 of them um and i'm just i'm just one of those people that just because like i said gw has a tendency of sort of swings and roundabouts with stuff so when stuff's good at some stages yeah it might not be good at other stages but then other stuff gets good so and they swings and roundabouts with their stock levels as well Exactly. So all the stuff that you want, you can't get anymore. Exactly, because everyone's fucking buying it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. But as far as playstyle goes, I, like I just, like I said, I usually build armies with like a fluff idea in mind, 
Yep. So I built my Fire Slayer army, for example, on the idea that they didn't come from Ashki, they came from Shamon. And then okay. inst- instead of working with lava, they work with gas. Right so like gas, blue fire, blah, blah, blah. So I painted them in a similar style. They've got like gems and stuff all over the bases and stuff. And I went down that kind of road for them. My yep. vampires are the opposite. Um, they're, they're sort of, they're, their whole thing is they're in Ashki, so they're in lava. So like okay. lava bases, and then I use um, different color schemes to convey that. It's and I also have a tendency of doing the same color scheme on like the same allegiance. Mm-hmm. So my soul blight and my night haunt are the same color scheme. So if I need to ally them in, because again, oh, perfect. I'm a competitive <laughs> bastard. This is what I do. So if I yep. ever do that, I just ally them in, and they fit to the army completely, 100. So like my yeah. KO and my fire slaves, for example. They're painted to the same color scheme. I could literally add them in. No one would tell the difference. Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That is a bit of my issue at the moment because I've got Kragnos. Kragnos is blue and he's on like a a dusty red base, whereas all my gits are orange and they're on sort of like a, a cavey base. So he yeah. just stands out like balls. He stands out like um, dog balls, especially being blue. It's like the world's angriest smurf running at you. Yeah. <laughs> And then it's the contrasting colored sort of orange as well, so it just stands out even more. Yeah. Please tell me, please tell me you have a red hat and a white beard for Kragnos. No, so well, like... I've got a 3D printed one. Uh, I, um... <laughs> I was going to say, because otherwise you could just like make him like Papa Smurf and he could just run around and kick him the yeah. fuck out of here. <laughs> I'll have to design one where I can just stick it on there and then at Christmas time he can come out. Yeah. Or at least, or you could at least do your glim spot like that. Paint on well, they're Smurf. all painted. Oh, well, if you ever going to do My, my Gloom Spot's painted, thank you very much. Okay, it's nice for some, isn't it? All right, okay, not everyone <laughs> has that luxury. Yeah, most of mine, because I'm, I'm the same as you, I'm a collector. I've got, most of my armies are like 4,000 plus points of each one. Yeah. And so I've just got models at the wazoo, and majority of them, I'd say 50-50. 50 are painted and 50 are just black and grey because I've primed them all with Zenithal, and that's about it. Yeah, um, I, I've gone the next level up, though, because I've got in in the house i've got a an entire room just dedicated to my warhammer stuff yeah um to the point where it actually is kind of spilled out into like the main living area because i've just got <laughs> um but i use that and i just got like glass cabinets throughout the rest of that entire room where i display yep. all my miniatures and then because i'm because um, I'm mentally handicapped slash autistic, uh, I've just I like I've ordered it in different factions, and now that they're releasing all the new arts for like the big box sets, yep. I use that as the backing for my glass cabinets as well. So it's got like oh, cool. stuff and all that sort of yep. shit. So like, yeah, it's a it's a pretty intense collection. Pretty intense collection. <laughs> so, yeah. Yep. How, how does the missus feel about um? This Warhammer slowly spilling out of the hobby room and into the general house. She's okay with it. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, well, you know, she, you know, she's she's dating a gamer, isn't that kind of part of the parcel, really? I mean, yeah, she knew uh, what she was getting into. Exactly. I was like, uh, that's. I'll just as a heads up, that's not going anywhere. So you know, just letting you know, that's. Uh, <laughs> that so yep. yeah, uh, she's, she... she's what I like to call an enabler. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So, yeah, just just tolerate tolerates it, but uh, also is you know uh, lets me get stuff. So that's pretty good. Um, yep. Yeah. Does she have any interest in it at all? No. Nah. No. Nah. Not a little bit. Not even a little bit. Uh, doesn't like painting. So there's that okay. hobby side section pretty much gone. Does she like building though? I know some people like building. I do. I like building stuff. Yeah. Okay. I, I hate painting. So you're not. So you're not giving away the building part then. No. 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 I actually really do like building stuff, yeah. but I'm try- and I like to try and convert shit as I can, like as I always do. But um, some stuff nowadays isn't as easy to convert. But um, yeah, hundred. Yeah, I hundred percent like building shit. I just I like doing it. Most people yeah. I talk to are like, I fucking hate doing that shit. I love building as well. Yeah. It is like I get. I'm like sad because I build all my models. I never have anything in boxes. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I want to build something, so I've got to actually go out and buy something to build it. Yeah. Because um, yeah. I love just sitting there building it, scraping all the mold lines, just getting it all nice and and built yep. nicely. Yeah. Uh, and then I never have anything to, to build when I want to build. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a it's an issue. I'll be honest. I don't have that problem at the moment because. Like, <laughs> 
I've, I've got a backlog at the moment. Um, and, and like I said, I'm trying to paint shit at the moment too. So it's just, there's, there's always Warhammer. There's always Warhammer. Okay. You have a wonderful issue, I think, and that you have a backlog of models that need to be built and painted. Yeah. <laughs> Holy fuck, that backlog, though. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is it mainly Nighthorn at the moment, or have you just got every model on the sun sitting in the uh, Well, not every model on the sun. I've got a lot of – got some. Orc, I've got orcs, some Orkland stuff, but mainly it's pigs for um, bone splitters that I've got to assemble. Yeah. Because um, when uh, Dominion dropped and the new edition dropped, I bought all of the Cruel Boys. Um, okay. So they're all assembled, but they're not painted. Um, shout out to Steve though uh, from the Gold Coast because he's currently painting my Iron Jaws for me. <laughs> nice. Because uh, I want him to, I'd like him to paint all my Orcs if he could. Uh, yeah. Just crossing the fingers on that one. Just, just crossing the fingers. <laughs> um, I think he listens conveniently, <laughs> <laughs> which is good. Um, so he's painting my orcs. I want him to get them all done for me if he could, cause that'd be lovely. So that I can just have more options and more stuff I can play with. So, yep. um, cause like I said, miniatures isn't the problem. It's, it's paint, it's stuff painted. So yeah. 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 And then when you were, when you're a competitive gamer, you want to get on the table to use it and like get practice games in and then get tournament games in it. So you, then you miss out on time of painting and it's yeah. like a catch 22. You want to know what works well in the army but then you also want to paint it at the same time. Yeah, yeah, you do. It's it's a, it's a bit of an issue, but it's a nice issue to have when you have all that stuff. But uh, yep. yeah, you you definitely wouldn't want to be the other way where you have not enough stuff. But that's only yep. if you're competitive. If you're not competitive, yeah. like who gives a fuck? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if you're not competitive, who cares? Just take whatever. It doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. How do you? Because I I struggle with this quite a bit is when I'm practicing and getting an army down packed the way I like it, I don't want to paint any of the models because I don't know what works and what doesn't work. And then at that point, I've come, like it's like the tournament comes as up and coming and I'm like, well, I've got all these models that need to be painted, but I'm still testing and trying lists. Yeah. And I struggle to not paint the things that don't work. Yeah. If that makes sense, how, how do you go about doing your list designs in terms of model, de- like painting and throwing in grey plastic and all that sort of stuff? That's actually a really good question because for me, I always find a use for everything. Okay. Um, so I this is one of the big features I love about Sigma. Um, generally speaking, you can create um, themed lists, for want of a better mm-hmm. term, where you know, the sub-faction or whatever within an army uh, plays a certain way. And generally speaking, the rules that sort of coincide with that will allow you to play that list competitively um, to the point where you could probably at least go four and one at a -hmm. tournament, which to me puts it in the sort of competitive bracket. Um, So I always, when I'm writing lists, I always write all the varied like fluffier type lists, um, try and make them as strong as I can which usually often allows me to um, push forward and painting miniatures that probably you would never see. So mm. believe it or not, I managed to make Glaive Wraith Stalkers work for Nighthawk, <laughs> literally one of the worst units in the battle tone. And it's a bit of a push, but you can make them work and they can do um, some pretty cool shit. So I've got a reason to paint them because I want to take them to an event. So I, I think... Got- that's one of the models that didn't go around the swings and roundabouts. No, it didn't. It it didn't. It was something I thought. It now it's time. <laughs> it has now to be. Time. Games Workshop was like, no, it's 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 not. It's it's not. It's time. And I was like, <laughs> I'll find a way. Don't you fucking worry. I'll find yeah. it. Do uh, you find then you're chasing like a bad design in terms of having that model? Um. Well, if it works, I mean, if it's if it the design is based off what you want it to do, um, like because Sigma has sort of, for want of a better term, flat statistics, um, there and because of the way Night Haunt play, there are ways to improve that. So mm. even if something doesn't look particularly good on paper, with a few other bits and pieces added in, it actually becomes quite threatening. Um, because I'll be honest, I think Night Haunt's probably one of the best third edition books they've written. It's bloody uh, brilliant. Well, it just from like I've got four styles of lists from things all from Emerald Host to um 
you know, the uh, Quicksilver Dead, um, the Scarlet Doom, and um, even the, uh, what do you call them, the Breathing Legion. So I've got yeah, okay, four yeah. different lists, and all those armies play completely differently. They all don't okay. play the same, and all the units in those armies are very different. Yeah. Um, and I could honestly take any one of those armies to an event and, and do quite well with them. Okay. So as far as I'm concerned from a book perspective, some people would say, oh, that's just um, an army being overpowered. I'd say that's actually a very good written well. That's a good book. Because yep. it means you don't have a lot of wasted choices. I like, think some of their books have been really well designed. Like the Soulblight's the exact same. There's yep. maybe one or two models that don't quite work, but majority of the so book. I, I, Games Workshop, if you're fucking listening, for fuck's <laughs> sake, take the goddamn Mortis engine out of the Soulblight fucking army <laughs> and put it in the Nighthorn army where it fucking belongs. That has infuriated me for so fucking long. Yeah. That it, that model, just every time I look at it, I'm like, that's a that's a Nighthaunt model. And it's, it's a bunch bad. of ghosts riding yeah. around with ghosts majority of the time. Yeah, with just one clad, this one little necromancer dude there chilling for no fucking reason. I mean, you could yeah. easily ghost paint that guy uh, if you yeah. absolutely had to. So yeah. I just wish that they would put that model in fucking Nighthaunt. Well, they've still got the malignance keyword everywhere, but I don't think there's a single buff that does anything for malignance. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, I I don't un- it, it it feels like a relic from time forgotten that they're just like yeah. oh we've got the model we might as well just put it back in this book I guess yeah, but, yeah I just wish they'd put that night haunt but that's just a gripe for me but anyway at least the model's viable now it is it's somewhat decent in a soulblood army it's also really I've actually put it in a night haunt army okay two of them as allies does <laughs> um, that go over your point limit. Yeah, they're 180 each. Oh, the 180 version. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, yeah, not the uh, not the Coven Throne. The, yeah. Yeah, the other one. Yeah, you, for 180 each, you can get a lot of mortal wounds out of them. Yeah, right, yeah. Is it their whale? Uh, it is. The, it's lots of things. So you can move up, shoot with two of them. So it's a bubble. Everything within 12 on a four-up takes D3 mortal wounds. You stand and shoot with one. So then it does it again. Yeah. Um, and then if you turn around in the following turn or whatever, you release it in the hero phase, it does two ups, D3 mortal wounds, and then it does shooting again in D3 mortal wounds, and it's two sets of every one of those actions happening. Wow, okay. So it's like a massive it's like a massive mortal wound bomb. Yeah, for an army that doesn't have a whole lot of mortal wounds anymore because everything just wounds naturally, yeah, and that's about exactly, it. Exactly, yeah, yeah. But I think they're getting rid of most of that stuff out of the game anyway. Yeah, yeah. okay. So, but, yeah, the... That's what that does. But I also, in that army, have uh, 35 cross-bolt boos. Cross-boomen? Yeah. Is that what you meant to say? Cross-boomen? Cross-boomen, yeah. I've got 35 cross-boomen. Uh, Perfect. With um, the boat lad and some dreadblade arrows. So you can yeah. teleport 35 of them around the board and just shoot The stuff. dude with the ore, that's, what, isn't it Ren 3? Ren 2. Ren 2. Uh, <laughs> But he gets extra attacks with yeah he's he's, he's kicking the crap it's, out of someone it's, with an it's ore. It's the sharpest ore in the world. <laughs> it beats like I'd like to see him fight dragons because I think that would be hilarious. Just this dude with a, who's enjoying his job way too much with a paddle, <laughs> just kicking the fuck out of some dragon. That'd be yeah. great. Yeah. <laughs> have you been to any <laughs> tournaments recently? Uh, I have. I went to Gauntlet. Uh, okay. Little, little one day is for um, polymath um, tabletop. Right Henry. Um, yeah, I took Nighthawk to that one, believe it or not. Yeah. Shocked, shocked and stunned. Um, uh, but, yeah, I took them to yeah, Polymath. Yeah. How did you find them in a tournament setting? Uh, broken. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, the list I ran wasn't exactly heavily competitive. I wouldn't okay. classify it. It was basically what I had painted. Yeah. Um, but it was still – I was still hitting people very hard. Like yeah. I, I played against a Sylvaneth player and deleted like fourteen hundred points in a turn <laughs> with a bunch of ghosts. Clearly, they were too scared of them. A bunch of bed sheets literally fucking murdered the fuck out of uh, six hunters, Alarial, and um, uh, what's his uh, what's his name? The what's the um... It's a character. He's the not the Revenant. The, uh, the war song. No, the war song. 
not the war song. Um, the little lad with the fucking arch butterfly, butterfly fucking thing. The arch thing. Yeah, arch revenant. I think it is. Okay. Yeah, I killed that, that, and the six things, uh, and then killed what was left over of the um, Healy bugs in a radio in one turn. <laughs> that's ridiculous. That is insane, man. It's insane. Yep. And that's without <laughs> uh, rend or mortal wounds. Where you got that damage from, who knows? Well, actually, I do have mortal wounds. I took hex race in a coach. Oh, okay. Radio. Yeah, yeah. So that helped. Yeah, yeah okay. And, and you've been to, obviously, since you say you've been to tournaments since you were 17, how yeah. have you found tournaments and what sort of keeps you interested in going to tournaments? Um, well, it's like anything. I The good thing about tabletop wargaming for me is it is a social aspect. Yeah. So, like, it always has, to me, that extra element over, like, video games for that reason. Like, you yeah. play video games and sure... You know, you can talk to your man, call him a fucking dickhead. Uh, but when you're at a tournament for, like, tabletop wargaming, it is a social aspect because at the end of the day, there's literally someone on the other side of the fucking table that you're playing against. So it's always that social aspect. A few cheeky beers don't go too wrong either. I mean... Uh, I think you're well known in the community for having a few cheeky beers. Uh, and maybe spray painting a toilet or two. So... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, that, that never goes too wrong. And it's just like, I've always said this to start, if you've got a healthy community um, for whatever game system you're playing, especially for tabletop, it always goes well. Yeah. Like, as long as you, as long as you don't have a lot of people getting upset all the time or whatever, um, generally speaking, you do have, a, you know, it's like, it's community. It's always about community. Um, and it keeps, keeps me bringing, keeps me coming back. Yeah, that, that seems to be the reoccurring theme with pretty much everyone I've spoken to is they're in this game and they're in the tournament scene majority of them because of the community. Well, that and I also like the fucking game, so there's that too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How, how have you gone at tournaments in, in sort of recent times? Um, Mixed. So what did, what did I do? I came, I took the Night Haunt to a tournament mm-hmm. um, at Thingos and came second. Um, and then I took the KO to another one after that, uh, to another uh, gauntlet after that, and came fourth. Okay. Um, I can't even remember what fucking event to I went after that. I can't. I, can't, I literally cannot remember. Uh, so I some wanna, might I say wanna, you're a, you're a top level gamer then. I wouldn't. Generally, say that. generally. I, I, I wouldn't say that, but people. Say <laughs> yeah. I just say I'm usually just a drunken idiot, but there, you know, that's a, that's a special <laughs> place for me there, so that's fine. I think you get to a certain point, not the hangover stage, but the the drunken stages where your warhammer seems to improve. Well, I'm not going to lie. Uh, I think it's a fucking superpower. Uh, as far as things go, <laughs> most people when they play are a bit uh, sober. I try not to be, um, but yeah, it's uh, it's a bit of a superpower. Um, probably probably due to uh, my physiology uh, and dwarven nature. <laughs> <laughs> uh if i don't have a skin full it's not going to go so well um that's that's why i always are uh, that's why I always campaign for events to be at like pubs and stuff um but no yeah i just yeah i uh i'll don't mind a few cheeky beers here and there so that's uh yeah yeah what, what do you think sort of leads to you being able to play at top tables consistently uh experience okay um the biggest thing I can tell anybody who's either just starting or playing is take your beatings. If you want to play this game competitively and you want to be at the top tables, take your beatings. You're going to play against people. You're going to lose. But like I said, always make sure that you learn something from it. Yeah. Don't look at it and go, my dice failed me here because, or, you know, I, you know, he rolled really well there or whatever. If there was a chance to maybe change that scenario with something that you could move or another target that you could have done or whatever, um, try and adopt that stance more than, oh, my dice failed me or my army is shit, blah, blah, blah. Try and figure out, you know, maybe your army might not be as good. But, yeah, just take your beatings because it will – it'll pay off in the long run. Because otherwise what ends up happening, and I've seen it in gamers time in, time out, is they just keep going from one powerful army to the next. And they kind of mm-hmm. keep bunny hopping on like a power, like what I like to call a power wave. 
um, but they don't really learn anything. No. They just they just go off what because now when I was playing there wasn't really any net lists or anything. Um, most people now you can just copy a net list somewhere, and that can call and kind of get you sixty percent of the way. But yep. the problem is, is you'll always fall down on your head if you didn't learn anything against the next thirty percent who are who you know do know more than just net lists and all that sort of stuff and just what what's classified as strong. Those people always end up getting over other people because of that. And the reason being is because they took their beatings. They played yeah. games, they lost a lot, but they learned something, they adapted, they keep readjusting, reinventing or whatever, and they come back to, you know, play again. Um, and then eventually they start winning because you don't learn anything from a win. No, you don't. Most no. of the time you don't. No, you do learn something from a loss. That's what you do learn. Yeah. So, yeah, my biggest my biggest thing would be just take your beatings but make sure you fucking learn something. Yeah. Yeah. Because you, you'll see overseas all the time or even here, a lot of the same people will give themselves a challenge of taking the shit army and you'll see them go 5-0 with yeah. constant shit army after shit army. Yeah. And that's purely from player experience, which yeah. is why they're winning. Yeah. Um, Another thing I like to say is that I heard it somewhere. I can't remember where I heard it was like the people that use net lists try and put their own spin on it. But there's the reason that that net list just went five and O's because they're the models that work. I think if you want to try and take a net list, just own it and take that whole net list itself because there's a reason that whole army works the way it does. And that's the reason that list works. If you want to try and throw your special spin on it, I'd have a, 10 or 15 games with it and then throw in something that works for you. Yeah. Not just change it off the bat because you don't want to be seen as having a net list. Yeah. But there's no, there's no bad thing about having a net list. Like there's a great way of getting into an army really quickly. Yeah. Just sort of follow that net list straight away and don't change it up too much because that person's gone through 30 different iterations and thrown out those units that you want to throw in. He's throwing them out because they didn't work. Yeah. So just sort of stick with those sort of things as well. I would also like to put something on top of that. Net lists aren't necessarily the way forward either, in a sense, because say a list went 5-0 and at an event, right? Mm-hmm. I'm always very hesitant on those kinds of armies, especially if the event had lots of players. Because mm-hmm. if you have, you know, if you've got an event and it's got over more than 60 players, for example there's a good and a high likely chance that that list could have gotten what I like to call a bunny run yeah. where it didn't come up against a bad matchup. It didn't, for some reason, some other two good players might've played against each other and either knocked each other out or done something along those lines. And then you could have just played one Muppet after the next Muppet after the next Muppet. And then you could have gone five and oh, just on pure luck. Cause that yeah. can, that can happen at big events. So like yes. a lot of events you get at the States and stuff like that. It's nice to know what came first because people will generally do copy that if they don't know much about the game at all. But it's not necessarily the way to go. Mm. Well, I, I heard of a recent example. I think it was one of the guys who was playing Skaven and they're playing the Nine Storm thing list. Yeah. Everyone's like, how does that do well? It's because they never played against Techlist. They never played against Zinch. They never played against any of these super counter magic armies yeah um and they went five and oh constantly because they didn't come up against these rough matchups whereas yeah. if you see that and you go oh that's instantly going to be an army i want to take there's very low models so it's very easy to pick up but yeah as soon as you come up against your meta might be full of people that play counter magic yeah and you've got no show in the world of getting to that level yeah if that's your case yeah like meta, meta always determines, especially your local meta, always determines a lot of that type of stuff. That's why you always find across different areas things, different things work. Um, so like certain metas in the states are going to be different to say our meta. Um, that can be based off, you know, multiple variances. But uh, that also comes back to people just keep riding that wave or that power wave of new books or new something else. Um, to keep, you know, their the power of their armies up rather than just trying to deal with what they have and playing with that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, but I think that's that's one of the my biggest gripes. Um, with if I if I had a gripe, the biggest gripe I I would have in Warhammer is that 
okay. um, which has actually really nothing to do with the game per se and more about players that are coming. So it makes me sound like I'm 80. Because they're going to be saying, no, gamers that are coming through, they're coming in with this LS and they're not fucking learning anything. It makes me sound like I'm 60. Um, but, yeah, that would probably be my biggest gripe because they're just – they're not learn- no one's they're not learning anything, but usually when it comes with that kind of win, ego kind of steps in for most gamers and then they think they're top shit. Yeah. And you're like, the only reason why you, you might be winning more games than you're losing is because of the power of your list, not you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's yeah, that'd be my biggest gripe as far as the fucking game goes, but that's not really a gripe at the game. That's more of a gripe at people, but you know. <laughs> Again, just just living up to my name and reputation, just grumbling about fucking yeah. people, just fucking complaining. <laughs> all the snap is coming through. Like, there's know. nothing new there, Paddy. Nothing no, new no, at not all. Not at all. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll change over to a slightly more exciting topic then. Yeah. Have you got a favourite tournament you've been to? Ooh, that's a good one. Uh, well, I always find Runax is good fun. Yeah. Um, because it's not solo. But mind you, even if I was just a solo event, I'd probably still get fucking obliterated. That doesn't really matter. <laughs> uh, let, let's be a bit real here. Um, but yeah, it, it um, yeah, it, Runax would probably be one of my more favorite events. Um, as of late, it's not so favorite just because of how popular it is. Yeah. Um, you can't is, be a snowflake anymore. Well, it's not that. It's just golden to do with the fact that, you know, tickets are gone in less than three <laughs> seconds. So unless, you, unless you're the flash on the keyboard, just like, just do it I'm up. I'm guessing so your like, team didn't get a ticket. Uh, we actually did get a ticket. But oh, you got a ticket. I was, just, I was just astounded at how fast that sold out. Like, it was astounding. 60 seconds. Like, less than 60 seconds. Yeah, that's it's ridiculous. Like, that that's... seems like a, um, a concert or like a... A special event in yeah. like the real world outside of wargaming. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But no, it, yeah. But I think well, congratulations to Gabe though, who the, the yeah the Runax Wargaming who actually runs it. Um, it's just you know a pat on his back because you know he's obviously done so well. But I think that's also why the event does so well because it's not a serious event. Like no, like you don't really take that event serious. You're there to well, I am. I'm there, you know, to talk, <laughs> talk chat, and just in general, you know be around people that you know and that you're friends with or some of these people I've been friends with for fucking years. Like I'm 34 now and I've known them since I was like 17 or 18. Some of them I'm even known younger than that. Um, uh, so it's good to just see old friends again and then just hang out and stuff. So yeah. I'd, I'd say, yeah, I'd say Runax would be my favorite. Yeah. Okay. And then what about a game? Have you got a, a game that stands out above the rest? In Sigma? Any tournament, any any game that you've... I had a friendly against a friend of mine. Believe it or not, it's uh, Gary. Uh, Gary. He, yeah, yeah, he's, he's a mate of mine, and I had a game against him. And we were playing 40K. It was one of Gary's first games. Um, I'd been playing for quite some time already at that stage, but it was one of his first games. And he had a Storm Raven with all this Death Company in it and then all these characters, and it was like a 1,000-point Storm Raven. And back then... 40k games for 1500 points um so it was really expensive but there was also a rule back then when you, you move a storm raven across um if you rolled like if it ever got in terrain even though it's a fucking airship if you rolled a one it would crash and burn yep so classic gary moves the storm raven into terrain because he's trying to like get away from all my shooting and stuff goes into terrain rolls the dice up comes the one and i sat there and i said you're going to, like, before he actually moved in trying I said, you're going to regret that because you're going to roll a one. He's like, nah. And then he goes, pushes in, rolls his one, crashes and burns, takes everything with it because everything else dies when it's inside. And then I said, what did we learn? And he's like, Storm Ravens need dozer blades. And from that, that entire game, just it stuck with me because it was a really, really, <laughs> really funny event, uh, funny yeah. uh, game. So, but that game, more than any, it stuck with me for a very long time. So, and that was probably 15 years ago. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, that game is still stuck with me then. So yeah. 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 That's ridiculous that a game, like a casual game like that is still in your brain 15 years later. Yeah. Well, that was, like I said, that was a, we had, we had a very good laugh about it for the whole game. Um, 
and that was my one of my first meetings with Gary too. And yeah, we've become sort of really close mates after that. So so close, you're skipping out on Goldcon to go to his engagement party. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> <laughs> I'm bailing on you. That's what I'm doing. Yeah. You, yeah, you might have heard on other podcasts that are also in our Queensland region that are also being dragged along to Gary's engagement party. Another, oh yeah, 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 yeah. They're they're going as well. Yeah, so it's it's like you've got two events. You've got Golden Con and Gary's engagement party. Which you, yeah. you know, <laughs> which one are you going to? <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, yeah, Gary's engagement party is taking a third of the fucking tournament scene with it. So yeah. Yes, I, I know Gabe and Gammy were quite keen to come to Goldcon, but I think they're um, also keen to go to Gary's as well. Yeah. There's lots of, there's lots of Gs flowing around with this one. They're, they're like, yeah, in the group, there is a lot of Gs. Uh, yeah. There's, yeah, there's the most amount of Gs. Um, but I've known them for many, many years, um, and they're all close friends of mine as well. So, but yeah. Yeah. I think I think it's a valid excuse not to come to a local tournament then. Mate, I'll be honest, I'm still a bit pissed. Look, I'm going and I'm happy about it. Exactly. <laughs> but I'm also a bit pissy that I can't go to fucking Gold Con. So, you know. Yeah. Because yeah. It's, it's definitely going to be a good event because I think Nicole's put in quite a lot of people, which is nice. Yeah. Well, the other thing too, and something that I've just started noticing, um, whatever event Corey's been going to um, is the events that I haven't been able to go to. And what events ah. I've been going to are the events that Corey hasn't been going to. So I've been noticing that for probably the last, literally the last nine months. I've, I've, speaking of, I've never seen you in the room with Corey. Are you and Corey the same person? <laughs> yeah, I just shaved my head back and shaved the beard off and then put on the glasses and you're like, who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, we're not the same person. But look, trust me, that would make sense. Um, <laughs> no. What do you like the most about Age of Sigma? What keeps you coming back to the game all the time? Well, there's more than one thing. Okay, tell um, me all your things then. All my things. Well, um, from a competitive standpoint, it goes to list design. Um, not always, but like I said, 90% of the time, Games Workshop kind of hits it pretty hard with Sigma in regards to like list design. So you can write like these fluffier type lists and still do relatively well with them Um, because Games Workshop generally makes those kinds of armies have a strength somewhere um, or, you know, have something in the army that's, you know, quite strong, um, which for me is brilliant. It keeps me motivated uh, because it allows me to build these lists that I just like the look of. Um, And as a consequence of that, um, it just sort of, it keeps me going and motivated to keep painting and to keep putting armies out and to go events. Events are another reason because, you know, you go to an event, you get to see, you know, all your mates and stuff like that. Uh, sorry about the burp. Uh, <laughs> in the middle, just trying to like nearly vomit there, but that's okay. Um, no, but um, yeah, just events as well. Seeing all your friends and stuff that you haven't seen for fucking like ages because you've been too busy doing real world shit. Um, yeah. There's that, there's, you know, um, like most of my friends I, I have have been generated from the hobby. Okay. Uh, well, especially friends that I've kept in contact with. So yep. like you make friends and sometimes you just end up leaving. When it comes to the hobby stuff, you just, they're always, you know, they're always there and around. So um, there's that, so there's like that social aspect of it. There's, you know, Games Workshop, especially nowadays when they churn out new miniatures, keeps me engaged so from that like sort of style as well it just keeps me going because it just means you've got new stuff new units and all this other things that you can try and all you know different strategies blah 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 blah, blah. but yeah, yeah there's just a lot of sort of turnover in that kind of aspect which i keep coming back for so <laughs> it's okay it's not covid it's not covid uh, <laughs> i thought i'd just say to... that <laughs> and to preface it these days, don't you? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like as soon as you cough, your mouth will have just like shot someone in the back of the head because everyone's just going to shoot you a dirty look, and you know it's not going to be good. So no, yeah. <laughs> at least the the, the, the listeners are, are covered. Yeah, they're not going <laughs> to yeah. be able to catch it from you. Yeah, exactly. No, it's it, it's not COVID. Not COVID. I'm just re- repeating that constantly. Not COVID. You hear that, Gary? Not COVID. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> 
thought I thought we'd end the show here then after such wonderful words of hearing about you loving Age of Sigma. Yeah. With some lovely fan questions. Oh. If, if you want to call them questions. <laughs> Because, I was um, gonna say, I was gonna say, is anyone just like asking you, asking me, you know, when are you gonna start wearing a tutu or something? Like, is it no, surprisingly? Well, these are even run even questions. Oh, I mean, okay. Gammy just wrote. I asked if anyone had any questions for you, and Gammy just wrote, "Nope." <laughs> so, um, that's your first question. Uh, what do you think of the words by Gammy of "nope"? Uh, sounds about right. Uh, it seems <laughs> legit. Uh, proper legit. Uh, wouldn't expect anything less. Fair enough. Well, at least Steve has come back to Gammy and said, why are you so lovable? Are you talking to Gammy? No, you. Oh. Steve uh, posted think... this below, but I think it was in retaliation to Gammy not asking a question. Steve was asking you a question in return. Uh, I think it's because of my height. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just, I'm short. So, you know, when you see someone as short as me, you're like, what harm could he possibly do? <laughs> You've got the red beard. You suit yeah. the, the armies you play. Yeah. What more could you ask for? Yeah, Very lovable like, character. You're like, you're like, this is just, this is, he's adorable. I mean, well, what, what, what could he possibly do wrong? And then I go out the back and vomit all over the toilet. So, you know. <laughs> the to- the toilet or a car or the bush. Yeah, I did. I think I did that at the last Gold Con, actually. I think I was out the front not having a good time because uh, <laughs> I had a few too many the, the, the day before. So, yeah. You, you love a good drowsy morning, don't you? Recovering uh, morning. You know what? As I get older, it actually gets easier. Like, my hangovers just aren't as bad as they used to be. Like, like I used to get hangovers in the head. So I'd be yeah. like the world's biggest headache and I'd just be a complete mess. Now when I get hangovers, it kind of happens in my stomach. I think it's just all the alcohol has destroyed all the possible brain cells in the head. So <laughs> I've got nowhere else to go. So it just attacks the, uh, the stomachs now. Uh, well, I think a, a better reasoning is you're getting older, so you're drinking less. Probably. That's probably the, the next thing, too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 You can't keep up with the young Paddy. The no, old no. Paddy's getting slow. Oh, shit, no. I could not, couldn't, I'd be dead if I tried to catch up with this <laughs> young self. It just wouldn't happen. Um, no, yeah. It's just, as I get older, it seems to get a little bit easier. But I think also that's because there's that never-ending fear in the back of your mind as you're old, as you get older, where it's just like, you're gonna be a write-off. Like you just you need to slow down. Like it's not worth it. You've done this before. It's just stop. Yeah. So, but yeah, yeah. But, you'll you'll yeah. learn one day, Patty. You think so? Maybe, maybe. maybe. I'm enjoying myself. I have another question, but yep. not a question because people like responding with questions with not questions. Uh, okay. And Luke says he doesn't want to know anything more about you because he knows he feels he knows everything. Look, that's pretty fair. I've. Uh... Yeah, Luke's a close friend as well. You have an intimate relationship with Luke. <laughs> we've had, we've held hands. I mean, uh, I mean, there's only so much you can do once you've rubbed another man's nipples. Uh, there's not really, <laughs> there's not really much more you need to know about another person. But uh, yeah, yeah, that's fair enough. It makes more sense. Well, is there anything you want to leave the listeners with before we end off the show here? I don't think so. Have you got any shout-outs then? Uh, yeah, Dave Kerr, if you're listening to this. Fuck you. <laughs> you got a bit of a grudge that, there, mate. I, I, I say that with the the, the nicest the niceness of my heart. I know you can't <laughs> I know you can't see this, but it's it's just right there, buddy. It's right there. No. Uh, I think he knows I, what you're trying to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm obviously I'm joking. Um no, no not really. No shout outs really. Well thank you very much, Patty, for coming onto the show. It's great oh, to have you on you. Um, it's been too long since we've caught up, so we'll have to try and get a game in. I mean, I'm not, I won't see a gold con. Thanks, Gary. Yeah, yeah, you won't see me a gold con, no. No, not at all. Um, and I think the next event I'm kind of attending is, because uh, I won't even go to the next gauntlet either, because um, okay. my father's birthday. Again, real world things. Um, I think the next event I'll be attending might be Runax. Right, yeah, in November. Yeah. Are you are you going to Runax or no? We got tickets. Uh, Fast fingered Nicole seems yep. to uh, always get in and snag the tickets before they're sold out. Yeah, um, which is nice. So she is our resident ticket buyer. Yeah. Um, so you will see me at Runax for sure with our team. Uh, um, I just say 
my team is an absolute disaster, but it's going to be a beautiful disaster. Well, who, who have you got in your team then? You can give them a shout out. Uh, it's Blake Kerwick. Yep. Uh, me, uh, uh, Scott, uh, Scotty McGurn, uh, yep. and uh, Akeem Wallace. Okay. So, Very nice. Yeah, that's uh, we're going to be quite boisterous across the whole event. I'm not going to lie. And if does all... Akeem have a beard? I don't think I've met Akeem before. Um, he used to work at Games Workshop. Uh, okay. You notice him because he may or may not be wearing Crocs. Um, he's a big fan of Crocs. Uh, Akeem has got his own style. Let's just let's just put it that way. <laughs> So you're working with three people that worked at Games Workshop and you never worked there. What, what's, no. what's going on there? Uh, I don't know. Uh, but I did, I did make friends with them all, so there's that. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, we're all raging alcoholics. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> there's a good enough reason to form a team. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's exactly it. Yeah. Uh, beautiful. Right. Well, thanks for coming on again, Patty. There you are, man. Thank you for listening to Unidentified Wargamer. You can find links for the guests located in the description. You can find the show on Twitter at U underscore Wargamer. And I will see you next week.